This is Miller's Edge on Tide on his decision to join Live Golf. He said winning the Masters last year and the guaranteed spots and majors that come with it were a big factor. This is the Miller's Edge with Christian Miller, two-time national champion and team captain for the Alabama Crimson Tide and former Carolina Panther and his father, Corey Miller, the pastor of pain, a nine-year NFL veteran with the New York Giants and University of South Carolina Hall of Famer. This is the Miller's Edge. Obviously a big game. We've uh, put ourselves in a good spot halfway through conference play. But <coughs> can all... Uh, backwards in a hurry if we don't come out and play well the second half of conference play I mean got three teams that are only a game back from us in the lost column so you know between Auburn South Carolina and Tennessee they're all right on our heels so you know this this is a big game if if you know if we don't win we're tied first place if we get a win we can separate ourselves a little bit uh, you know when we played them here they did a good job with us they uh, they came out, jumped on us early. I thought our guys did a good job coming back. <coughs> Obviously, Rylan had a really good game. You know, we're going to have to play a lot better in a lot of ways because they, they play a lot better at home. I mean, they haven't lost at home all year. I think they're the only SEC team that still, has, still is undefeated at home, so they play a lot better at home. So we're going to have to be better. But... You know, we got two good basketball teams, uh, you know, both ranked in the top 20. This game's become a national-level game, not just a big game in the state of Alabama. It's a big game in the state of college basketball across the country now. So I, uh, I'm i looking forward to it. It's one of the best environments, I think, in all of college basketball over there. That Their fans do a great job giving them a, a home court advantage and their players play up to it. So it'll be, it'll be a fun night. Uh, regardless of the outcome, but you know, get two pretty uh, pretty even match teams going at it. There you go, Nate Oates, head basketball coach at Alabama. As they get ready to go at it tonight down in Auburn, Alabama, uh, round two of this basketball game. Alabama right now sitting in first place in the SEC. Auburn right on the tails of Alabama needing to win this ball game, but I think both these wins are quad will be quad ones, I believe, 
uh, if they win. So very, very important game, not just for the SEC, but we talk about seeding going forward uh, to the NCAA championship. This game has a lot of meaning. So that's the big deal that's happening in this great state of Alabama tonight. What's going to happen in that ball game? Nate Oates has a Right now, 6-3, and three, I believe he is, against uh, Bruce Pearl and Auburn. But uh, Alabama's won the last three, I believe, um, including one this early on this year, maybe two or three weeks ago down in Tuscaloosa. Really, really fun ball game. But Auburn sporting a 14-game winning streak uh, at home. NATO even kind of a lot of people may take, take it the wrong way, but he was kind of just saying, hey, those are people on top of you. That gym is loud. You can't hear yourself speak. Uh, it's kind of like a oversized high school gym. I'm put that in my own words. Makes sense. Eight, nine, ten thousand people that's right on top of you. That's those are the best type of arenas for basketball for sure. So we got that game to talk about. What do you feel is going to happen tonight? Can Alabama go on the road and steal one? If they do, they create separation at least against Auburn. Uh, and then of course Tennessee, South Carolina, right there on their heels. South Carolina won their game at home last night against Ole Miss. Ole Miss made a valiant uh, comeback there in the second half but fell three points short. South Carolina sporting only one loss right now, I believe, uh, in the SEC, and that's against Alabama. And uh, they've got big wins against Tennessee, got big wins against Kentucky, another great win, even though Ole Miss is not ranked. Ole Miss is a very good basketball team, so South Carolina's looking good, uh, hoping that Alabama trips up. They'll be right there. Uh, looking in. So a big game for the Tide tonight. We can talk about that. Love to get your thoughts on this basketball game. I know we're a football school right as in Alabama. South Carolina, we're a basketball school. I mean, that's a 15, the number one <laughs> team in the country. We're a basketball school. But Alabama, a lot of fans probably don't even care. Do you really care? Alabama's won, what, two or three in a row in the SEC? That's a big deal for Nate Oates and the boys getting McDonald's All-Americans. Uh, but people don't talk the basketball team because it isn't football. Let's just be honest about it. We talked about the women version of it yesterday, but uh, I don't think um, the men's have gotten there just yet. But I think there are enough people, though, that are excited about this game. Number four, show 205 342 uh, Don't forget to download that free app, Ty 100.9. It's absolutely free for you on your smartphone, your iPhone, your Android, on your tablet, on your computer. You can uh, leave your comments, thoughts, questions right there. Noah will do a great job of reading those for you. We love to push you there. We love to get those from you. So uh, please download that free app uh, for you. Don't forget, we are streaming live each and every single day on our YouTube channel. Uh, at the Miller's Edge is right there. We have so many, so many people every single day join us right there. And, and a lot of great conversations happening just on that app uh, as the show goes for the next couple of hours. Let's head down to Tuscaloosa. Christian Miller, Noah, the boys are in the house. It's warming up. Um, hopefully they're feeling better. Hopefully those uh, germs are getting out of the building, out of Scotland Boulevard and headed somewhere else besides South Carolina. What's up? <laughs> not much, man. Not much. Um... Look, I, I I know you mentioned we, we're not a basketball school. We definitely aren't. But I think people care more about basketball than it might seem. You know, people are definitely excited with, you know, the way things are going with this program, the job that Nate Oates has done. And, you know, getting to the tournament, you know, having, you know, a couple guys drafted high, a couple big NBA players, Brandon Miller. Um, what am I, I'm drawing a blank, man. Uh, Colin Sexton. Um, you know, just a lot of success. And, you know, I, I think – it might not seem like it, you know, from South Carolina or other places, but there's a lot of excitement right now um, within the program. And I think people are looking forward to that, especially, you know, 
you know, I think people kind of need a break with football. You know, you had all the the highs and lows this past season. Coach Saban retired. Some people kind of just want something a little bit different right now. So basketball is, you know, trending. And, you know, I think people are really optimistic about this team and where it, you know, where they're at at this point in the season. I know, you know, it's not, I wouldn't say they got off to a rocky start. You know, they just played some really good basketball teams, but there was a lot of uh, questions that needed answers early on. And now we're finally starting to get some of those answers. But, um, no, I, I think people are excited. Now, it would be great if we could, um, you know, win it all in basketball. I think that would be awesome. And I think, look, I mean, with Coach Oates and the way um, he's coaching this team and this program, I mean, I think that that's not unrealistic. I think it's definitely very realistic. You talk about the success that this basketball team has had in the SEC. You mentioned it in multiple SEC championships, winning SEC tourney. Um, so they're definitely on the right track. So, it, you know, we're definitely not a basketball school, but we care about our basketball. And speaking of that, I just saw, I mean, they're, they're coming out with a lot of cool, like Alabama basketball apparel. Um, it's been all over Twitter and stuff. So people are excited about it. But now, now I will say the last three home games, it, that, that atmosphere is what I was hoping, you know, it would be like. You know, the first few games that I went to, I was like, uh, dang, man. I was like, this, is, this, ain't, this ain't really it. But as of recently, I mean, the, I mean, they've been selling out the, you know, Coleman Coliseum and the, the atmosphere has been electric. And it, it's been a lot. There's been a lot of excitement around basketball. So. We're getting there. You know, we're, we're not fully there, but we've come a long way I from mean, should be there. I mean, Avery they, Johnson. and win the last two or three SEC championships? Yeah, no, that's why I was, I was just saying you, you you made it seem like we don't really care about it. I was like, no, I, I think we, we definitely care about basketball. It's just it might not seem like it from the outside because all you hear about is football, right? And football is going to supersede any other sport here, even with Coach Saban being retired, <clears throat> which I just saw another picture of him golfing. He's at a, um, is it like a Phoenix Pro-Am or something like that? And I think people. Oh, he ain't back in Tuscaloosa. He didn't come back to his. Uh, he well, didn't come back to his office. No, and that's why I was trying to explain. What I, I think they, they label it as like an advisory role, which it very well could be that. But you got to think. I mean, you could be an advisor from home. You could be an advisor from all way. You I mean that that could just be you just being a resource for people to call on. I mean, look. Here's the thing. Let's just think about this. If he, if he was just going to sit here and be on campus five days out of the week and be up at the stadium in an office sitting there. Number one, he'd get bored because he's not used to just having that much time sitting around in the office, right? I mean, I know he's sitting in the office when he was working as a head coach, but he's like watching tape, you know, meeting with coaches, doing all types of things on the phones with recruits. He's not the type just to sit in the office as an advisor and like, okay, just contact me when you need me. You know, and, and two, I just don't think that's realistic to it. I mean, the guy just retired, right? I mean, there's a reason he retired. <laughs> he wanted some time to, to, to not be working, right? So I don't really expect to see him in a role where, you know, he's around all the time. Now, knowing the resources that we have, that he has, um, could he be flying in and out, taking, you know, private planes, you're, you know, come in for a day once a week or something like that? Absolutely. I think they're honestly going off of what he feels like, right? I mean, if he wants to come in, if he's like, hey, I want to be around and help out a little bit more this week, cool. If not... Even better, go enjoy yourself. I think yeah, that's realistic. I, I think Kalen DeBoer is more comfortable with him not being there. You think so? I, I mean, you know, you get into the press conference. Oh, absolutely. You get into the press conference, you're going to say the right things. You're going to say, you know, I need to ask him a question, one, at least one question every day. How can we get? That sounded great. That's Coach Speak. That's, you know, whatever. But I think from a new coach, you, you don't want this dude hanging around the office, around your, 
I mean, you can't move on. This is this is Kalen's boy show now, right? As as great as Coach Saban is, as great of a legacy that he leaves behind, we all understand that. We know that, but the reality is, a new guy, and I know if it was me, I don't want I don't want him around. Come around sometimes, you know. Come and watch practice, you know, maybe once a month, something like that, twice a month, maybe if you're around. You know what I mean? I may have you, you know. Come say hey to the guys, you know, new guys, and they get a chance to shake your hand and see the goat. But I don't want him around a lot because, one, it's going to be hard for that mystique to leave. You know, it's going to be hard for that Nick Saban era to just to dissipate if he's around. Because no matter what you're doing, you're not, you're not Nick Saban. You're the other guy. And if he's hanging around, then all the time, one, the players are going to uh, really just migrate towards him, right? He's a football guy. He's going to want to talk football. He's going to want to talk ball. But I don't know about uh, you. I, I'm like, I wouldn't want him around because I, I would feel like I can't move on. I can't change the atmosphere. I can't change... Uh, you know, put my spin on it, put my hand and imprint on this program at Alabama if Nick Saban doesn't leave. Yeah, I'm going to say the right things. Yeah, I want him at the press conference. Yeah, yada, 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 right? Those things, in my opinion, are calculated. And But the reality is, behind the scene, they're like, dude, go home. Go on the golf course. <laughs> go ride in your Porsche. I mean, go ride in your Ferrari that you just got or helicopter ride, whatever you, that you're doing, like, go on and do that because, you know, we're trying, we trying to install a new offense. We're trying to install a new identity. We're trying to install a new mindset. And, you know, that's going to work better if you are not, like, looking over my shoulder every little thing that I'm doing because I can tell you just from experience, most coaches don't like that. They They want to be able to you know, do their own thing, and then every blue moon, like I said, maybe once a month, twice at the most, show up and then, you know, come and say hello or whatever, you know, come and show your face, and, and not even like all day, just for, you know, maybe an hour, a couple of hours, and then do what you do. Great if you go play golf in Tuscaloosa somewhere. Whatever. Go out and help raise some money for NIL. Go, go speak to the, you know, the Big Red Elephant Foundation or whatever you got, and, and then, you know, then move on. So, I'm hoping that's what he's going to to do instead of just... Um, no, I mean, I, I think that is what he's probably going to do. That's right. what I was saying. I think realistically, they, they probably... he knows that. Coach Saban knows that. Well, well the, like, that's why I just laid that out there for everybody. I mean, just think about it. I mean, if, if, he, if he was going to be around here in that capacity, he might as well just stay the head football coach, right? I mean, or he could even just said, oh, I'll just take a step back. You know, I'll technically be the head coach, but I'll almost be like, you know what I mean, more of like that overseer head coach but the problem is he can't do that coach Saban can't he doesn't operate like that he can't be like one foot in one foot out he can't like he's full go and so that's why even in this role and I could be wrong again I'm just speculating but if I know what I know and I agree with you I mean I I don't I don't see it being where he's in the program multiple days a week and giving it I mean that that just that's not even realistic right but again I think it's still nice just to have his presence even if that is once a month just because, I mean, he, he he is somebody that you can go to when things do pop up. I think that's the best case, right? Let 
Let the new staff be themselves. Let them operate how they operate. That's why you hired them. But if there, there's something that comes up, whether it's, you know, from a recruiting standpoint, how to handle something, just how to go about something, or even, I mean, hell, I mean, you know, you talk coach, uh, you talk football with Coach Saban. I mean, even if it's an X's and O's thing, because Kalen DeBoer is an offensive guy, I think it'd be great if you, you know, something came up, maybe it's during the spring, they're, go look, they're going over some looks with their new defense, which again is, is a lot different than what we've ran. Just kind of get his thoughts on kind of, you know, how he looked at certain things. Because, I mean, Coach Saban, again, you got to remember, man, that dude is a guru when it comes to, to football. I, mean, I was just talking uh, recently just about, like, how he his, his ability just to see things, man, and, and, and make changes, make corrections just on what he's seeing, where they're being attacked, what what's happening, like like live bullets, right? Um, so I, I think that's definitely a nice resource to have. But to be fair, he deserves to play as much golf as he like, you know, spend as much time with his grandkids. Again, that's right. why he retired. So. Well, we'll see. Um, when we come back from break, we'll talk more about this. I do want to look at, you know, you, you sent me stuff on the defense. I want to look at Womack's defense. I also want to talk about you know, when we're going to get the finalization of the staff, I mean, what's going to be the final answer? Who's there? Who's coming? Who's staying? You know, Grub, you know, we don't, still don't even know. I mean, Jim Harbaugh's at the, at the Chargers, Los Angeles Chargers, and put his staff together. Well, what's happening? I mean, I don't get all this. What's taking so long? So I want to talk about that with the staff, um, look at some defense. I, I do want to talk about the draft with some of the guys from Alabama, what we Think about that. Some all these mock drafts out. We can talk something about that. Of course, the basketball game tonight. That's the big news uh, around Tuscaloosa. We got that. So wherever you want to go, 205-342-9904. Signing day, by the way. Do y'all realize it's signing day? Did you realize, Christian, it was signing day? Yeah, that's what the title is. Uh, well, it's supposed to be on, on YouTube. I got to change that. But, um, yeah, no, it is signing day. It's just so different now because... You know, everybody Nobody signs early. Anymore the second sign. No, they don't. But the, the big news is that Ryan Williams uh, put ink to pa- ink to paper, so he's officially he's officially a part of the Crimson Tide. He is. Uh, I bet he got some uh, crimson nails done today. Uh, I, I don't know. That's none of my. Yeah. That's none of my business. I don't go around looking for for men's nails. <laughs> I could care less. You sure about that? I'm positive, Noah Paxton. <laughs> I, mean, I, I promise you, did he get? I'm going to hit him up on Twitter and see if he got his nails done crimson. I highly doubt that. But, I mean, you know, see, and then people, and you doing, pulling crap like that, is not going, people aren't going to want to come on here because you're making fun of their nails, man. No, I'm not. I can get my toenails done. What are you talking about making fun? I so so cool you being topic. serious right now? Yeah. Okay. I was about to say, you don't even have room to talk. I, I mean, I get my posting, posting nasty, nasty feet pigs. Yeah, don't, yeah, please don't do that about? again. Please don't do that again, man. That was disturbing. Please <laughs> don't was do texting that. Me being like, why is he posting pictures of his feet? Yeah, seriously. That, that was, I, I think it's because with age, he doesn't understand some of the things nowadays. Like I told you, don't, you can't fool around with feet pics. Feet pics are like explicit pics now, man. People Listen, sell man. them. I'm trying I'm to help you out. I'm not the defensive coordinator. What? Yeah, talking about his toe fetish. <laughs> Who did that? <laughs> I'm not Rex Ryan, okay? Uh, Rex Ryan told you he had a toe fetish. Remember that? I think I did hear him say that on, that was on ESPN, oh. right? Did he say that on ESPN? He said that, I mean, he made a point when he was coaching. He had the toe oh, fetish. Oh, well, I, th- I saw, I saw him say that on ESPN. I, I'm he just, liked the fact that, you know, when the... 
you know, it's one thing to get your yard cut, but it's another thing when you got all the, you know, you got to blow it, you got to edge, you know, you got to manicure nicely, you know, you got the bushes all the, that makes it look so much nicer. Just like so with what he was saying, like with women, same thing, you know. They can be pretty, but if, if, they, if they toes are tore up from the floor, if their hands right. are tore up, they messed up. Well, I mean, it's one thing to just, you know, get them done. I don't know, no, there's nothing wrong with self-care, but you're like, you're talking about, you posted a picture. Yours looked pink in that picture, dude. Not like a like a straight hot pink. They were like a like a salmon pink or like I don't know what you call it. Maybe maybe it was the picture. Maybe they weren't. But you played around and said something about pink, and maybe that's why my eyes were deceiving me. But in my opinion, they they look kind of. Anyway, we got to get a break, man. All right, we got to get a break. Yeah, I don't do. care. I don't. I'm not ashamed. I take care of myself. This is the Middle's Edge on the Tide, 100.9, AM WTB. If you want to pay more, that's your business. If you want to save, that's our business. Tuscaloosa Hyundai, corner of Skyland and Hargrove, TuscaloosaHyundai.com. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A very nice afternoon with a sunny sky, the high 67. Tonight fair with the low at 40. Tomorrow partially sunny, the high 62. And Friday, mostly cloudy, a chance of showers by afternoon, the high at 66. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 62 degrees in Tuscaloosa. This is Miller's Edge on Tide 100.9. Where are you? And I'm so sorry. I cannot sleep. I cannot dream tonight. I need somebody and always. This six straight Welcome back to the signing day edition of the Miller's Edge here in the time. 100.9, AM, WTBC. Corey Miller, Christian Miller Noah is here with you on the next hour and 40 minutes or so. Uh, we talking a lot of good stuff, talking about a big game tonight. I think that game is 6 o'clock Central Time, 7 o'clock Eastern Time. Uh, Alabama and Auburn, big SEC matchup. Should be a fun game at the Neville. Place is going to be rocking tonight. A lot of people feel like Auburn will get the win. But Alabama, uh, they got they got the pieces. They play good defense. They hang in there and definitely have a chance to win the ball game. Signing day, we talked about that before the break. Because Ryan Williams, finally, as Christian said, has put ink to paper. He is official official, official uh, as uh, Alabama Crimson Titer. And I know many folks are looking forward to see what he can do. A lot of people talked about, you know, he could be the new kind of Julio Jones. Not saying he's going to be the player as Julio Jones. That'd be nonsense to say. But that this signing, having him come back and be a part of this 2024 class, which is ranked you're into that number two in the country behind Georgia. Uh, this could be a big deal going forward. Uh, a lot of times when you get recruits like this, they help you go out and recruit other guys to play alongside. So do you see Christian Ryan Williams being that type of recruit? We know he's not Julio Jones. He's not two different kind of players, more like a David Palmer, more, you know, small. Devontae Smith. Devontae Smith. Um, but do you think he'll be able to help Alabama now that we know Caleb DeBoer is not an SEC guy yet, uh, be able to get some other guys? Now to come come and join the party with him, I think so. I mean, another guy that um, we've been hearing about was I think is it Jamie French? Um, he's a wide receiver, five star wide receiver out of Florida, uh, Jacksonville. That is, and I think if I remember correctly, I think him and and Ryan were talking about wanting to play together. Um, 
that's something that they wanted to do. So I, I feel like, you know, maybe him and Jamie would, you know, want to, you know, reconnect. Because, again, uh, Jamie French was committed to Alabama, but then he decommitted with uh, Coach Saban's retirement. But um, could you mute that for a second? <laughs> um, but, yeah, so, I, I, yeah, I think he's a player that guys going to want to play with. He's a, you know, guy from the state of Alabama. I think that um, is big for him. I think that's big for the, the rest of this state. You know, guys always want to play with really good talent. And so, yeah, I think it, it will attract other players. And I think this is a, a great step in the right direction for this this new era. That's why I kind of, you know, I see the, the, the correlation between Ryan Williams signing with Alabama and Julio Jones. So, um, yeah, I, I think it, it definitely is, is good. And I think we'll see some more guys follow. Uh, I, I just, as a defensive guy, I'm definitely biased. And I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm looking to see how this defense is going to take shape. I, I would love to see a big-time defensive recruit uh, come to Alabama and kind of set the tone for this new staff as well. You look back at Coach Saban, Saban having guys like Rolando McClain, uh, Dre Kirkpatrick. I mean, there's a number. Mark Barron, I mean, a number of just, you know, elite defensive uh, talented guys. Josh Chapman, right? I mean, big, uh, big Cody, right? I mean, like, I would love to see the defensive side of the ball uh, kind of be affected in that same way, get a, a major recruit that guys want to come play with here on defense, which I think that will come. Um, but that 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 would get me fired up, right? If we got a, a a generational edge guy, right, or some some type of linebacker like a Reuben Foster, a guy who's a a tone setter, a guy that that really wants to leave his mark here, I think that would be awesome. You got one guy on offense, Ryan Williams, who's a high impact player like that. I'd love to see that from this next class, twenty twenty five, on defense. I think that. That'd be huge for this program. And obviously, it I'm would biased. be huge. And that's, that's one of the areas which I, my concern lies right there with this new coaching staff is the defensive side. I ain't buying just yet the defensive coaching staff at all. You're not selling me on Womack and, and you know, a, far, a coach that had a losing record at Buffalo uh, who left his post as head coach to become a co defense coordinator, which to me was kind of strange. Um, so I, I, I'm, I'm really, really having trouble with this defensive side of things. And one of the areas, and I've talked about this all year long, last year too, they haven't recruited well at the defensive line position. The area where they were more dominant, more strong than anybody in the country. One of the things nobody could line up against Alabama was the depth. I just remember Kirk Herbstreit and all the TV and talked about the depth of the defensive line. I mean, they got three deep. I mean, you go back and watch the tape, even when you were playing. I mean, when you're from a freshman on, I mean, all of those guys, every one of them, 90, probably 99% of 98% of them play at some point in time in the National Football League. But as right. of late, Alabama hasn't really, I mean, they get guys drafted, but low-round guys. You know, guys that don't have, the, they, they're not the dominant guy that you're talking about. They don't have that. That guy that just, you know, everybody is just really just bloviating about, right? Coming off the edge. I mean, we, this year we got Chris Braswell, we got Dallas Turner, great players, you know, but they don't have a plethora of those guys. Well, I so mean, with it, they got two cornerbacks that are arguably the top cornerbacks. So I'm, I'm, I'm saying like they, they got one. One that's going to be a top first round. Well, player. there's people that have Terrion and uh, Kool Aid as one and two at the cornerback spot. Some people with, with CBS, I think, had it like that. I'm, I'm just saying, like, you still got some of those guys, but I'm just, at least for this new regime. I'm talking about the defensive line. If yeah. you don't have the defensive line, right, Michigan, what won Michigan the championship is the trenches. 
The reason why I wouldn't won Georgia back-to-back championships, there was the trenches. Right. And you look at their draft people, the last two, the defensive line, offensive line, defensive line, offensive line, right? That's what they had. You look at Michigan this year. Joe, I mean, they won to Joe Moore two years ago. Still had a lot of those guys. I don't know if they gave it to Washington, but I, I don't. I don't. That, that those awards again. That's a whole other conversation. If I think they're the best offensive line in the country, I think we get swayed by that. But my point is this: Michigan's defensive front. Was I mean, excellent. hey, hold on, hold on. They gave up way less sacks than we did. Well, I mean, they at least got us beat there. I mean, I think going into the championship game, they gave up, it was only 12 sacks or something like yeah, that. Yeah, no, they were, they were good at pass fit. And a lot of that could be scheme. They, I mean, I mean the balls, it, it can be. Look at how quick the ball, the, design, the ball is designed to come out fast. I mean, so that, you know, that's not always pass protection. That's that's just sometimes a scheme. Dude, I mean, but I, 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 I get you playing devil's advocate, but I'm just saying, giving up 12 sacks, giving up 12 sacks. I mean, that, that's still good. As much as, they, as much as they I'm, throw the I'm ball. Even, I'm not even talking about Washington. I don't care about that. Oh, I'm, just making I'm point. talking about Alabama recruiting. I'm talking about the defensive line, lack thereof, the lack thereof depth, right? So I'm glad, I'm great, I'm glad, and I feel great about them having Ryan Williams. And I think he's, he's, he's got great potential. But the reality is offense sells wolf tickets. They're going to sell the tickets. They're going to get people talking about you, all your stats. But when it comes down to it, some things never change. And that's the trenches, and that's playing great defense if you want to win championships. And right now, when you look at Alabama, what they have recruited, as you talked about, they they don't have those kind of – I mean, they got them five-star edge guys that ain't even really play. Right. Right, from a couple years ago. They just signed Noah Carter, another edge guy that's more, some people I listen to, people talk about it like he's a kind of a three-star guy. But some guy t- said, hey, you know what? But he's much better than a three-star guy. So that's why I don't get caught up into really well, all that he, stuff. He's a, four, he's a four-star, but I will say, I, I went and watched him, and you, you talk about athletic. I mean, and he, like, I mean, it, the way he can flip his hips. Like, to me, I think he's underrated, right? And, and again, that's why I went and watched him because I didn't know anything about him until he, he signed here. To be fair, I don't really keep up with recruiting that much. And uh, when I watched him, no, I mean, this guy plays offense. I mean, he's a heck of a wide receiver. He probably could make a really good tight end. Um, but I just think with his athletic ability, his frame, things like 6'4", uh, he'll put on some weight. Uh, I think, if anything, he's one of those guys that could actually be a really good football player. And, and that's what I'm saying. I mean, I, it's not just about stars but I just think you we could really use some guys like you when you mentioned the defensive line uh it, it has been a while since we've had that that dominant front with guys like Deron Payne Jonathan Allen don't get me wrong Byron Young great player you know Phil Mathis great player but I, I just I would have them on different levels to some of these other guys right just like if I'm being honest like I'm on a different level than a guy like uh like uh shoot Reuben Foster right I mean, I'm not elite. I was not elite like a Reuben Foster. I was a good player, but I would, you know what I'm saying? Like, we haven't had guys like that on that defensive line um, in some time, I feel like. And that really would set the tone. But the only thing I wonder is the more I, I, you mentioned uh, Kane Womack in the scheme, and I've still been watching it more and learning more and more about it. Um, it it's just, it just, it's different to me. You know, sometimes they have three man fronts. As, as somebody who advocates for trench play and being dominant up front, 
sometimes it's hard for me to even see us getting big-time guys to play because if you're being honest, those schemes like that, they don't, in my opinion, I don't really see the dominant edge guys, the dominant, you know, trench guys as often as you do in like a regular, you know, regular uh, true four down front. The reason I say that is, I mean, even look at this past year. So two years ago, we were playing a lot of nickel J, which is like two outside linebackers as a defensive ends. And remember, everybody was complaining about us not being able to stop the run. Well, this past year, we went back to a true nickel front which consisted of a, of a big end and then just one outside linebacker as the jack on the opposite side. And I thought we were much stronger and much uh, – remember, because we were talking about Will Anderson. He's playing out of position. I know he's making plays in the backfield when he's he's knifing and he's stunned and he's, he's elusive, but at the end of the day, he's 240 pounds playing in a four-eye. Well, that's where I get concerned uh, in terms of, of that stuff just because, I mean, I, I feel like sometimes when you go too athletic or too light up front, you just get gashed and you give up – give up way too much uh, against the run. So we can talk a little bit more about that as well. Yeah, if you're doing that kind of defense, well, you better have guys flying through those gaps. Yeah. Right? You can't sit back and try to read and react. And that's what Alabama got in trouble, which is why I said yesterday, and I'll talk about this even more today, I wasn't a big fan of how Nick Saban plays certain defenses. And I think it cost him, right? Because you asking Will Anderson, that's a perfect example, playing a four-hour Right, which let's just call a head up on a tackle at 240 pounds. Right, when you got a guy that's 240 that runs a four five, four, you want him out in space. You want that tackle to play, come get me. Right, let's play this game, come catch me tackle. Right, come in my world out here in this space so I can flip hips and I can use speed and I can do all these different things. Well, basically, what Nick Saban told his guys to do is I'm going to just block you. Because I'm going to line you up. Even though I'm teaching face and hands and how to get extension on blocks and all that, it that don't work. He's 325 and you 240, you lose. <laughs> That's just what happens. Uh, so we'll talk about that. Why isn't Bama getting more defensive front guys? We're going to look at the 2024 signing class and give you our thoughts. And, and you know, I don't really say a grade, but we'll look at it and see what Kayla and the boy has to work with. We'll do that. Tommy, you're on hold. Another 205-342-9904. We'll take a call next segment or two for sure. So hang tight right there. This is the Edge on Tide, the home of Alabama Crimson Tide Sport. High-quality ingredients. We want to say, that sounds great. We've been doing that since 1974. Under the biggest cactus in town, Taco Casa. This is Miller's Edge on Tide 100.9. Signing day is a little bit lackluster. Alabama getting three guys, Quentin Reese, undersized linebacker from uh, Birmingham, Alabama. Uh, Kalen DeBoer getting one of his original signees or commitments from Washington, uh, Carter, to come uh, down east to play football. Again, Christian have high praise for him. I just read somewhere somebody said they got him as a five-star. I've heard some people had him as a three-star. I mean, that whoever's, none of that matters. I mean, be that when you finish playing. That's what I always tell my kids. Listen, I understand that it looks good on your profile. It looks good when people talk about it. 
But if you're not that, when you finish playing, who gives a crap? Yep. Because that's what you're going to be. You know, not what you're in high school. What's going to be is going to be what you do on a football field at Alabama. Uh, but a guy like Julius saying, you know, who's the number one overall quarterback, uh, they lose him, Christian. Um, but I think he still counts towards Alabama's class. I think that's how that works. Well, on three, uh, like, so I guess dip, most sites left it alone, but on three, they, they did it where they updated the, I forgot what the term they used, but guys that early enrolled and then transferred, they went ahead and, and included them in the new school's class. So on, on three sports, Julian Sam was a part of Ohio State's 2024 signing class. On what I'm looking at 24-7 right here, I, they left him in there. But again, I mean, it's dominated with uh, secondary players, right? I mean, you got Jalen Mbakwe, five-star, Xavier Brown, five-star, uh, Xavier Mincy. Uh, then they got him as a safety here, but I thought he might have been a corner as well. But anyway, so you got three secondary guys that are five-star players, according to this site. Um, so again, so we talked about signing some big defense guys. They, they, secondary guys, it's not a problem. Um and I guess uh, Jeremiah Beeman, he's a defensive lineman. Uh, I get things like one-on-one nationally. I'm just saying, and like you said, it's more so about what they do when they get here. I just know, like you were saying, like we get caught up in so much offense. I just, I hope we still maintain that that standard on defense where we have those guys, those dogs that we've that we've all, that we've always talked about because that's Alabama staple, right? And you talked about that's what did Michigan so well. Uh, this football season, being physical up front, dominating the line of scrimmage in the trenches. Hopefully, we continue that. And um, again, it's just, it was just, it was probably going to look a little bit different, but I, I think we still can. It's just the more I watch this this, this scheme, uh, Kane Womack's. It's just again, it's one of those four two fives that's very, I would say, light and athletic. They rely heavily on the hybrid linebackers and, and uh, secondary players. Right? They, they they're really running middle of the field, closed. Cover three spot drop principles, and I was even watching. I think it was it was the team that Frank Gore's son played for. I can't remember. It was like Southern Miss. You know, they're a, a heavy ten personnel team, like true red personnel. I mean, they they spreading things out, but they like you know took their Jack or what they call him the Wolf, and they had him like stacked behind the nose. They're running like a true odd front. It was like a five, a zero, and a five, and then they had the the Wolf like hovering the the, the nose tackle. And then like two line, it, it, it's, so to me like stuff like that. Like I'll be honest, I don't I don't like stuff like that because then it's basically like you're dropping eight, right? When you got three a three down front, when you're dropping eight, you're gonna be light against the run, and you 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 got to have those 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 DBs and those safeties and those linebackers. They've got to be they got to be so aggressive, or else you just have so many holes. You got like just think about the math. You've got five offensive linemen blocking three guys on the front. The defensive front, and then you just got, you know, free runners. So sometimes if they're playing it right and guys are reading and reacting right and they're aggressive, if you had, if, look, if you had a secondary full of Brian Branches, wouldn't be concerned, <laughs> right? That dude was a sure tackler. He's aggressive. But that's the problem. So I'm thinking of that front, then a lot of youth in the secondary. And we already know it's hard to get cornerbacks and, and secondary guys. I mean, it's hard to get them to come tackle, right? So now you're asking these young guys to do that. The good news is, they have a lot less responsibility in the pass defense, right? Like when I say it's zone principle spot dropping, it really is. Like they're reading, reacting off the quarterback. Like it's true, cover three, middle of the field closed, right? 
if they do go to have a two-man two man shell, they're playing cover two. Like, it's kind of old school, if I'm being honest with you. There's not the, the, the coverage pattern matches that we used to do. They don't run quarters. They don't play cover four, cover seven, uh, you know, man match. They don't do any of that. And so, again, it's going to look a lot different. But I just think at the end of the day, you know, football is a game of blocking and tackling. And up front, you just got to be dominant. It's just harder for me to see that when, you, when you're when you playing with, like, lighter guys up front or three-down linemen, right? I just I, I just I love when I see a physical, like, because, again, I mean, I, that's what I played with. I'm just, that's what I want to like. You know, Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne, right? Um, then a guy like Ryan Anderson as a jack or Will Anderson, one of those guys, guys that's physical but can rush the pass. And then you got that big defensive end. Like, guy like Jonathan Allen, I mean, he was so versatile. He could play the five. He could play the three. Hell, he could play, play, he could play a nose. Um, and so that those type of uh, fronts are dominant, man. The front that I'm seeing – uh, that we're probably going to have is more elusive, athletic, which I know some people like. That's kind of the new age with football kind of turning into passing league stuff. But, again, we'll have to wait and see. But that's just, that just giving my, my thoughts on what I've seen so far from watching all this tape. I don't know if you've had a chance to really watch them yet, but if you go watch some South Alabama tape, you'll kind of see what I've been, what I've been looking yeah, at. Yeah, I haven't had a chance to really delve into that just now. But, I mean, again, I have a – general concept of, of that type of style of defense but but i definitely get more like those pe- like those big 12 defenses you remember like because they're the, they're the ones that kind of started remember how uh baylor and some of these other schools like matt rule was running it be like a three three five type defense yeah, yeah. No, i mean that's what i'm saying that i'm just i'm not a huge fan I'm, of that kind of like a four two five against but you, you see it more and more offense than the sec though that looks or mimic the, 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 the Pac-12, the big... I mean... That's true. You're seeing more spread. You're seeing more basketball on grass, so to speak. You are seeing more of that. Now, this is for sure back in the day, you know, when you had to definitely play against 12 personnel a lot, where people are ramming the ball down your throat, you better have some big dudes. Oh, you had to. I mean, because that's why personnel matters in football, because, you know, it's important. That's why Nick Saban had a problem with teams going fast, and, and they had, had a hard time exchanging you know, getting the right personnel on the field because you right. want to go big on big, small on small. That's important, you know, because the offense is always looking and the system allows them to try to take advantage and full advantage of those mismatches, right? So they can get you in the wrong personnel, wrong grouping, wrong package, and, and boom, they hit you over the top with a big play. Yep. Um, so it's imperative that you get the right people on the field. But, yeah, I'm, I'm just saying, like, now, you know, you got to be able to do a little bit of both, but teams like Georgia will still run 12 personnel. You know, they still will. They still believe in physicality. They're a team that can and figure out how to be physical with playing 11 personnel, which is a nickel offense, right? So they, they figure that out. And there's teams that has athletic enough linebacker at the, that's called the Sam position, so they don't have to go to, you know, a nickel if they're in a base in a, in a true 4 3 or whatnot. A defense when they got a Sam linebacker that's very agile and can run, right? So they don't really have to change to nickel. They don't have to go to the five defensive backs because they have an athletic linebacker. So you see it a whole bunch of different ways. Um, I just don't know for sure, you know, what Womack is doing. Um, you know, looking, we have to look at the personnel of Alabama, who's going to be where, you know, that's going to really decide what they're doing. But we still do understand one thing. You have to be able to stop the run in the SEC. Yep. You have to be able to win in the trenches in the SEC. And if you don't, 
you are going to lose games. I don't care what your offense looks like. I don't care uh, how sexy you think you are on offense and, and you got Frisbee catching dogs at wide receiver. If you cannot stop def uh, people on defense, you lose. And that's my biggest concern right now for this defense of Alabama. I know they got some guys, but man, they got a lot of holes to fill. You got a new defensive mindset. You got a new scheme. You know, what is this defense going to look like? Those are the biggest questions that I have right now with this Caitlin DeVore uh, new era on the way. Quick timeout, Tommy, as I promised. I lied, actually, because I said this segment, but you're up first. You lead us off coming up after this timeout. This is the Mills Edge on the Tide, 100.9, the home. Fincher and Osmond. Fincher and Osmond carries artisan-created diamonds. And trust us, they are bigger than you expect. Visit www.fincherandosmond.com. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A very nice afternoon with a sunny sky, the high 67. Tonight, fair with the low at 40. Tomorrow, partially sunny, the high 62. And Friday, mostly cloudy, a chance of showers by afternoon, the high at 66. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 63 degrees in Tuscaloosa. This is Miller's Edge on Tide 100.9. She says, hello, come sit next to me, you fine fellow. You run over there without a second to lose. And what comes next? Hey, bust the move. And welcome back into this hump day edition of the Miller's Edge right here on Tide 100.9, 1230 AM WTBC, home of Alabama Crimson Tide Sports. Again, we are presented by the Good Feet Store, America's arch sport experts. If you're in any type of pain, foot pain, knee pain, back pain, head on over to the Good Feet Store. Give those premium arch sports a try. They're designed to eliminate and alleviate pain. You can use them for anything, walking your dog, going to the grocery store. You keep those things in, I promise. They'll get you realigned and balanced. You will feel better than ever. And all that pain will be gone, I'm telling you. So go check them out. Just try before you buy. I've got nothing to lose. So head on over to the Good Feet store in Midtown Village in Tuscaloosa. They've got a location in Birmingham. Or you can always go to goodfeet.com to find the nearest location to you and schedule an appointment. Again, that's Good Feet. Improve the quality of people's lives two feet at a time. Let's head on over to the phone lines. We've got Tommy, who's been patiently waiting. Tommy from Romulus. Welcome into the Miller's Edge, sir. How are you this morning? This afternoon, I'm excuse me. <laughs> good. I'm good. How are y'all? Doing well, doing well. I don't think we no, really stellar, got into man. it just yet, so we're doing stellar, good. Stellar, <laughs> stellar. Okay. I am like your father. I'm concerned about the defense. We don't have no boss hogs on the defensive line of the ball, and uh, in the secondary, all the, I just the offense part. Their mind game for marching in game plan is that all right, but now I want to see something. Are they going to bring it to the SEC type of play? I mean, and this coming up next year, I hear Alabama is going to be loaded with prospect on defense and offense. So I don't, you know. Wait a minute, hold on. <laughs> you heard that? Yeah, I heard that. I don't know. No. I mean, are you? You can't fire me. I mean, I need you to promise me. Yeah, somebody else was just telling me on the phone that they they didn't hear that. Um. Well, I, I mean, thought the number one, 
cornerback in the state went to Ohio State committed for next year. So, I mean, I don't know. They, they, they got, I think they got one and two. Okay. Hmm. Well, it just depends. I mean, he, he, if he wins the state, he's going to be fine because we have a good state that produces good football talent. I know everybody wants to scream about Florida, California, and Texas. South Carolina's been lacking. Yeah. I was looking at our prospects because somebody told me to look at somebody and I was like, dang, we don't have. Uh, I mean, North Carolina, I think they've got the number one offensive tackle for 2025. But other than that, man, Carolina's look a little starved of talent right now. But you talk about uh, Georgia, Florida. Uh, Louisiana, right? I mean, Alabama as well. I mean, there, there's a there's plenty of there's a plethora of talent in those four states alone. Um, so honestly, yeah, they, I mean, yeah, Alabama goes national, but they're national, man. They go to no, California, no, 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 definitely national. But they go out the country. I mean, I don't know. If yeah, Kevin we got a board. linebacker from Germany. Well, that's probably gonna happen with Kevin Labor because they definitely gonna know who he is. I mean, Nick Saban can't I, go out the country. Uh, Kevin okay, Labor can't but, go out the country yet. Well, I mean. <laughs> Alabama have that brand is known, but still, you know, some have been complaining in the past that Nick Saban have gone more globally and he needs to stay locally because, you know, every kid in this state, and the same thing with South Carolina, if you live in Alabama, you're going to play, you won't play for Alabama or Auburn, South Carolina, Clemson, and South Carolina. That's just the way it is, the way it used to be when I was growing up. I mean, you know. That that sure. has definitely changed, Tommy, for sure. Oh, I know, yeah. But but it just but when your home school start courting, you kind of perked up a little bit. Like, hey, are they now recognizing me, you know? So yeah, yeah, you got to get along. love from your home. If you're not getting any love from your home schools, then yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. But now, you know, with money nil, we're definitely going to talk about that next hour. Um, everything's in play. And the whole love for the local school, is it the same? I mean, yeah, I, you know, there's no reason. You know, back in the day, there was a guy last year, Peter, that played at Clemson, the defensive tackle. Peter now, Woods. That, Peter Woods is the guy Alabama should have gotten. He, Peter Woods is that defensive lineman that we've been sitting there talking about for eight minutes. That's destructive and has a, a I mean, a ceiling that's unbelievable. Oh, he would have been and a Alabama, dog here. And Alabama can't even get him. He goes to Clemson. Well, let me. Well, hold on. But how how did Clemson get him? We always talk about Dabo not wanting to adapt and wanting to pay up or do all these things. I mean, they had to pay him to go to Clemson, right? You think? I was told that Alabama didn't really recruit him hard enough. I don't know. I'm not gonna lie to you, I mean, Tommy. I, mean, I, I, I talked to some, I talked to some people up here, and they uh okay, they well, were high okay. on him. Now, I mean, I don't know about every single individual, but the people I talked to, they. Matter of fact, they told me to go look at his tape. I looked at his tape in high school, and this tape was off the freaking chart. He's one of those guys that I could watch and be like, yeah, I mean, I'm not really worried about I his mean, transition. he's an easy one to say, why doesn't Alabama get that guy, Tommy? Why do you let that guy, you never let a guy like that leave your state? I don't know. I, I mean, really? to, be, to be fair, Alabama landed James Smith and uh, Quay Rousseau, and both guys were five stars or border borderline five stars um dependent james smith he was they're both out of carver uh, carver high school what i'm saying is at, at alabama 
So, but what? what yeah, he was, only, he was just a freshman last year. So that's what I'm saying. They still landed some guys, and I remember covering them for signing day. I did the show with Chris Stewart. They definitely are some good players, and they started giving them a little bit more playing yeah. time last year. But um, Peter oh. they, Peter Woods to me is one of those guys. I mean, I think he really would have been a day one difference maker. Peter Woods is a Sunday guy. You know that from high school, right? But you gotta remember about Dabo. He's an Alabama kid. He grew up in Pelham, and he have stowed, not stowed, but he have wrangled a lot of good talent out of this state. Well, he got that receiver that Alabama wanted. Remember, like, uh, Justin oh, yeah. Ross. No. Oh yeah, one. he. No, I think Ross, he was, got another one. Wasn't it recently? Oh, recently. Yeah. Uh, um, I don't know. But you know that's and Georgia fans sitting over in Georgia say like, how in God's world do Georgia players want to go play for Alabama? They still mad about Caleb Dale, and now he going to Ohio State. They even matter that he won't come home. <laughs> well, with the with the way with, with the way recruiting is with NIL and all this crap, I mean it's oh, inevitable. Yeah. You're going to lose some guys. You're not going to land every guy from from your state. Just like I mean, you're talking about the, that cornerback uh, who's the number one player in the state of Alabama for 2025. His name's uh, Naeem Offord, I think, out of Birmingham. You know, he just committed to Ohio State. People are upset about that, but I mean the thing is. With NIL, and we've just been talking about how much Ohio State has been putting out uh, in terms of NIL payments, right? I mean, that, that's almost inevitable. And again, you got plenty of time. He's not signing. You know, the kid could end up flipping. But I think the second guy uh, is crystal ball, 100% Alabama, Zion Grady. Uh, was he a one-time commit? Was he committed here at one point? So... I think I think there's still plenty of time to you know cover some ground. Obviously, there's a lot of talent in the state. I mean, I'm just looking at the top five guys are all top 50 players in the country. So I think it's going to be critical to really make some, you know, cover some ground with these players and and retain those guys because you got so much talent in your backyard. We got to get back to, you know, really hunkering down and then controlling the state, right? I mean, you got a guy like Hugh Freeze, you know, Auburn, he's not going to be afraid to pay up. You got Ohio State coming down here, these Big Ten schools, trust me. I mean, remember Michigan was trying to hold football camps, one in Alabama? They're trying oh, yeah, to hold those yeah, satellite yeah. cams. They know there's talent down they here. And now they can Below pay for country. it. Before, they couldn't pay for it. So Well, it just, it just I don't know. I, I like to stay in a 500-mile radius. <laughs> 500 <laughs> miles, that's your limit? That, that sounds well, like no, me, that sounds mean, like really, me when I'm looking know, for cars, Tommy. I'm on Auto Trader. I'm, I put in a, a radius because well, I'm like, that, but, you know, <laughs> I get ship. People laugh at you like, y'all have a joke. Okay, that's fine. But, okay. When you get kids from California and Pennsylvania, they don't understand the Alabama and Auburn robbery. They don't understand Alabama. And what about Bryce Young, Tommy? Well, yeah, and we got. I, I know what you mean, though. I get. I know, but generally, it's okay to get a Bryce Young. It was okay to get a tour from Hawaii once in a lifetime. Well, you know, you know, we weren't supposed to get these lifetime football players. Nobody from Hawaii going to come to Alabama. The only other <laughs> person we ever got from Hawaii was Peter Kim, and he was a kicker. I mean, you know, so, I mean, I, well, listen, listen, I knew Tom. him. That's the reason I remember him. I knew him at one time. I mean, well, so, your, I mean, coach, your coaches is about twelve miles from Ohio. I mean, um, Hawaii. Yeah. I mean, well, he had coaches from the you know Pacific Northwest, which is just right there by the water. 
So, I mean, welcome in all the Californians to, to down here in the South. Welcome. Well, it's okay, but I mean. Yeah, it's definitely okay. I mean, yeah, get the best I mean, place you just, can get. Let's you know, ride. Yeah, I mean, I just, you know, when you have kids playing from out, playing for Alabama from Louisiana, Louisiana fans hate them with passion because they traded a little and they want to play hard. Fun. I just love the little robbery like that, the intersectional between conference schools. That's where you miss them. Because you used to, everyone used to love to watch well, Tennessee and Auburn, Alabama, Georgia. You just love those games. Yeah, it just means more. Tommy, thank you, buddy. All right, man. Y'all have a great day. Talk to you. All right, buddy. Talk to you. I will break. We'll be back in a moment. WTBC Tuscaloosa and W265CG Tuscaloosa, a town square media station. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. From the Fox Sports Studios in Los Angeles. Here's Nick Cope. Tiger Woods announced he will make his 2024 debut at next week's PGA event at Riviera Country Club in Los Angeles. It will be his first official PGA Tour start since last year's Masters. NFL Media Reports Patriots executive Elliot Wolf will be in charge of New England's personnel department moving forward. Reports say former Jets and Bills head coach Rex Ryan has reportedly interviewed for the Cowboys defensive coordinator opening. In the NBA, ESPN reports the Jazz are trading Simone Fontecchio to the Pistons in exchange for Kevin Knox and second-round pick in this year's draft. In college football, Ohio State coach Ryan Day confirmed that he'll be giving up. Or text DEAL to 511-511. Text DEAL to 511-511. All pets are unique. Your pets' results can and will vary. Message and data rates may apply. Studies available upon request. This is Miller's Edge on Tide 100.9. And we roll on here on a hump day edition of Mills Edge. Corey Miller, Christian Miller, and Noah hanging out here with you. Hour number one, we talked a little Alabama basketball. Nate Oates and the boys getting ready to go down to Auburn, Alabama. Big SEC matchup. And Alabama right now in first place. But the Tigers at Neville St- Stadium, they're lurking. They're trying to knock off the tide and get back in contention. Should be a good game. And uh, Auburn 14 games in a row at home. So the Tide trying to break that streak. We talked about that. We talked a little bit a little bit about everything. Uh, nothing real serious going on in football signing day. But Alabama had three guys to sign. Of course, most important one, Ryan Williams, uh, recommitting back to the Tide, saying yes to five-plus star wide receiver. Uh, everybody's ecstatic about that. Noah Carter, a linebacker from, from California, Arizona, really. Peoria, I think, uh, Arizona. Uh, was committed to Washington and Kalen DeBoer. Now he has switched that commitment to Alabama and has signed. And then Quentin Reese, a uh, local kid from Birmingham, six feet, 205. A little undersized, but people say he's a run and hit type of guy. Uh, but uh, they like him a lot as well. So the 2024 class complete for the Crimson Tide. Regardless of what you think, they're sitting there at number two still uh, in the country. So if you're Kalen DeBoer, you got to like uh, what Nick Saban has left you with a lot of great talent, especially when you look at last year's number one class, this year's number two class. Year before. 
this year was number two class. I had to go back and look uh, what the others were, but we all know it's always top top two, at least with Coach Saban. And for anybody that's wondering if we're off to a slow start for this next year, 2025, no, not really, because I think we were kind of behind the eight ball, at least last year. Uh, a lot of people are concerned as well. So hopefully we'll see that start picking up as things move on. Um, but you mentioned uh, earlier in the show about the coaching staff and wondering when things would be finalized. Um, I'm kind of confused, too, because um, I've heard several things. I've heard that the contracts aren't necessarily finalized. That's why um, we haven't necessarily seen, like, official announcements from the school, which is different. Normally they, they officially announce stuff. But we've slowly seen coaches rolling in with, like, goodbye letters to their previous school and then them changing their Twitter bio, like, Twitter bio and back, uh, what is it, like, the background profile picture to the updated graphics um, they're all, you know, from the same thing. I'm, I'm assuming the same source, probably from someone with the with the program. With that being said, so I, I don't know if it's like unofficially official or something like that. Uh, but it sounds like this staff is about rounded out. Um, we saw that uh, in Oklahoma. I, this is what's confusing. I think it was the Oklahoma special teams assistant or analyst uh, was hired. I don't know if we know where he's going to be uh, on this staff because I want to say. We already have the total number of coaches um, once they hired William Inge. Um, so Jay Nunez, or Nunez, uh, who was hired from Oklahoma, he was a special teams analyst. He'll be hired here, at least according to these reports. However, um, not too sure exactly where he'll be. I know he could do special teams. Maybe he's also a special teams analyst like he was uh, at Oklahoma. And maybe he'll join William Inge, who again, William Inge, if I'm pronouncing that right, uh, was uh, he's a former Washington coach. He was with Coach DeBoer uh, at Washington, but he also, I believe, was at Indiana uh, with Coach DeBoer, um, and I, where I think he served as a special teams coach. But last season, he was the assistant head coach, co-defensive coordinator, and linebackers coach for Washington. So it looks like this staff is about uh, complete. I know you brought that question up earlier. Um, I'm just not too sure if they officially announced Everything, but I, um, I think it's safe to assume that's kind of who we're going to see. And I, to answer your question with Grubb, I think he's set to stay. I think those are just reports. You know, everybody's going to report on that. That's juicy news. Alabama's newest offensive coordinator already in consideration for the offensive coordinator uh, position at, in Seattle. But uh, it, it appears, I, I'd imagine, he's going to be here. He was at junior day. He's been actively on the road recruiting, doing all that good stuff. And I know they're finally starting to get into their – their meetings and things where they can kind of start talking ball and whatnot, which is good. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. And I, you know, I think spring now, spring football, the schedule this year, they're going to do spring football before spring break. I think they're doing like three practices. So we'll have some spring football coming up soon, probably three, three and a half weeks or so. We'll start uh, being able to talk about that. But that to me is really where uh, my eyes are set. Because then, again, I mean, right now, the, the Kane Womack stuff on his defense, I mean, I'm going off of watching South Alabama. I'm talking to uh, various people that have worked with them, all that good stuff, and, and have learned a lot about it then. But I, I really want to see kind of how our guys fit into this. Because you've been saying it. I mean, this still is 95%, you know, of, uh, of the guys that we had, you know, under Coach Saban. So I'm curious to see how everybody, you know, fits in this, in this defense. Then offensively, I am really curious to see kind of how – guys progress and how we how we move forward but um yeah so i just want to answer your question on that real quick uh, initially you mentioned the coaching staff so I, th I think that's it now we'll have to see how they shift things around but they've, they've uh 
They just haven't announced it. I mean, and like, do you think there's just an what's issue with contracts? So what's, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't understand. I don't think they know what they what they're doing and who's going to do what. I still, I still think they're, they're no, no, they do because the 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 coaches put like, for instance, the, all the code that they've got is it two co-defensive coordinators. So you got uh, Coach Mo Linguist. He, but I thought they had more coaches than you supposed to have ten assistant coaches, right? Yeah. Well, now that they hired two recently, so Jay Nunez from Oklahoma, he was an, a special teams analyst at Oklahoma. So I don't know if he's coming and doing that same role because I think. And my numbers could be wrong because I don't have an official. Even if you go to the Alabama official website, there's no only coach listed on there is Kalen DeBoer. That's why I'm not, I'm not. I wouldn't be shocked if he's the only one who has a finalized contract. But um, I thought William Inge would have been the last coach, on-field coach. So maybe they took Jay Nunez from Oklahoma to do the same role here, where he's not an on-field coach, but he's heavily involved in the special teams game plan. I, I don't know. When I was here. We rotate. We had all, but I always had different special teams coaches. But I mean, uh, Coach Dub. We had B Dub. We had uh, uh, shoot. With uh, who else did it? I'm drawing a blank. Oh man, I can't even remember right now. But we had. I probably had like three or four different special teams coaches. But um, we did it differently though. It's, it's not like like, like B Dub was actually kind of an actual special teams coach. I fight. Then I know one year we had. Um, God, I can't even. I'm like seeing their uh, faces. Can't even think of a name. Panunzio did it. Coach Panunzio was one of the special teams coaches one year. I think Coach Saban just had to assign guys that role. Um, but yeah, Coach Burns, I believe, did it one year. <laughs> just was funny. Ooh. But um, I don't know. So we'll see. But I guess we'll keep an eye on the official news for these coaches that when they're finally named. Uh, exactly what they're doing, like officially from like a school press release, but because th- that's what we haven't got. We've gotten the Twitter bios and all that, but no official release from the school. Yeah, I just think it's a little strange, but I think they still are some uncertainty uh, to, to who's going to do what, who's going to be on us, who's going to be off the field. I think they're still trying to figure that thing out. So uh, we just kind of have to keep our eyes open and ears open, wait and see what's going to happen with the coaching uh, staff here at Alabama. 205-342-9904. Don't forget to download the app. It's free. Well, it's well, absolutely free. Well, real quick, sorry, I just, Bama Central has an article they wrote today, two hours ago. Matter of fact, from Joe Gaither. Uh, shout out to Joe. So it says, um, offense. Offense coordinator, Ryan Grubb. Running backs, Robert Gillespie. Wide receivers, Jamarcus Shepard. Uh, offensive line, Scott Huff. Tight ends, Nick Sheridan. So, Four of those five are from Washington. Uh, that one being the one outsider would be running backs coach Robert Gillespie. Defense, defense coordinator Kane Womack, former South Alabama head coach. Defensive line, Freddie Roach, retained from Coach Saban's staff. Linebackers, William Inge, um, defensive backs, Mo Linguist, and defensive backs, Colin Hitchler. Those last two guys are co defensive coordinators, and one will probably serve cornerbacks, other will be safeties. And then it says special teams coordinator. Uh, Jay Nunez, but the only issue is you only get, like you said, you only have 10. Right now, this show's 11, so I'm assuming right. the Nunez guy will probably be in a similar off-the-field role like he was at Oklahoma. But I, again, that's what Joe wrote. I don't know if there's any official uh, press from the school, but that's kind of what people are at least considering to be the finalized staff. So, mm. Very interesting. Very virus vaccine. 
For full prescribing information, please call 1-844-989-7284 or visit abrisbo.com. Brought to you by Pfizer. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A very nice afternoon with a sunny sky, the high 67. Tonight, fair with the low at 40. Tomorrow, partially sunny, the high 62. And Friday, mostly cloudy, a chance of showers by afternoon, the high at 66. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 64 degrees in Tuscaloosa. This is Miller's Edge on Tide 100.9. It's the edge of the world in all of Western civilization. The sun may rise in the east. On the here on a hump day edition, signing day edition of the Bill's Edge. Corey Miller, Christian Miller, hanging out here with you with Noah producing the show. Uh, Brian Williams, the five-star plus wide receiver, the recommitted wide receiver, ink to pen. Yes, yes, yes. Also, special guest at his sign of the day, Roll Tide Willie, showing up everywhere. He was <laughs> there. And here's what um, Brian Williams had to say about uh, saying yes to his first love. Today's finally here. How's it feel? Great. Amazing. Outstanding. Fantastic. Beautiful. It feels great, honestly. How, t- how tough was it in the end, the decision process? Uh, it was definitely, it, w- it definitely wasn't easy. Just with everybody pulling at me and, you know, everybody wanted a piece of me, it, it was definitely uh, a tough decision, but it-, it came to be easy once I talked to Coach DeBoer and the new staff. It, it just made me feel real comfortable. What was it about Coach DeBoer that you just instantly knew he was a genuine person you wanted to play for? Uh, you know, anyone else that probably came into that position, they'll try to live up to the Coach Saban hype or do or try to act like Coach Saban. He, he's, him, he's himself. He's very comfortable in himself. Uh, he made me very comfortable, you know, and I believe in his offense. So. Was there ever a chance, even when you decommitted, that you weren't going to Alabama, you think? Uh, no, no. <laughs> I, I always, you know, they were always at the top of the list for me. Uh, it was just, I, I just wanted to get to know the new style. How much did Jalen have to do with it? He seems like he was a key in all this. I'm going to give him the number one recruiter. I got to get <laughs> If I don't, he might beat me up, so. What was his biggest pitch to you? Uh, we got to play together. We got to play together. Me and him, you know, we like best friends, so we just we got to. Do you flip to the recruiter role now, trying to get anybody you can in the 25 Oh, class? definitely. I got to get everybody that I can. I had a number one 25 class in the country. We got to get back to it. We got to get back to it. What's your message to Alabama fans now that you made it official? Roll time! <laughs> there you go. That sounds just like his best friend, Jalen Miro. No, no, no. He was talking about Jalen Mbakwe. Well, no, I'm saying he sounded like Jalen Miro, bro. Dad. No, no, that did it. But I meant when he was referencing Jalen in the interview, he was talking about Jalen and Bob. Oh, and, and playing together. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, the number one recruiter. Yeah. Yeah, they all the same. Same thing. <laughs> Close enough. <laughs> listen, I mean, kudos to him for, you know, and listen, basically he said Alabama still was his number one team, even before Kalen the boy. He just wanted to get to know who was taking his job. Right. So... You know, uh, do you think if it had been anybody else, maybe he would have changed? Would Auburn would have had a chance? Would Ohio State would have had a chance if it had been somebody else? But based on that interview, it sounds like to me that he never really changed his mind. I mean, I understand why kids said, you know what, let me hit the, hit the brakes. Let me put this thing in reverse real quick. And let me just think, right? Let me just right. really see what's happening first. 
So let me let me just back up. Let me let me pump the brakes and, and chill for a minute. Even though I love, that's why I call it the first love. I mean, he still loved Alabama. He just needed to he just needed to think a little bit and hear from from these guys what they were about and what they were trying to do. And then, of course, his good friend, you know, Jalen and Barkley. Yeah. So uh, that that definitely helped seal the deal for him. But but it sounds to me um, he had no plans of leaving. Yeah, when, and that's why I said I gave Coach DeBoer and staff like, obviously like half credit when we're talking to KJ, because um, again they still could have could have very well lost the kid if they they you know messed it up. But um, from what I heard, I mean he was Alabama through and through, loved Alabama, and that's why people got upset kind of when you kind of made the comment like you know that, you know that he was already here, but I yeah. guess the, he the kid kind of just kind of proved your point and somewhat of my point that you know he was an Alabama lock, which is good again because we. Def, definitely would you know utilize the talent. Somebody actually asked about him and, and if, if we feel that he needs to, how much weight he needs to put on to be effective right away at this level. And I'll be honest, I mean, after seeing a guy like Smitty uh, do what he did at his size, like 160 something pounds, I don't think there's a set number that he needs to be. I mean, Smitty still weighs about that, maybe slightly more in the league. Um, but realistically, the wide receiver positions is that's one of those positions that where. You don't necessarily have to have a set number to play, right? I mean, that's a skill position that allows you to kind of be yourself. There's different body types. Some guys are shorter, taller, bigger. You know, some are you know skinnier, right? I mean, that's probably one of the few positions where he's not going to necessarily have to. Now, would it benefit him, uh, you know, from a you know reliability standpoint, being able to hold up more? Maybe. Um, I think it could be beneficial. I'm not saying him add a bunch of, you know, Bad weight where he, he loses athleticism or, or his ability, but I mean you're talking about a he's a 16 year old just about to turn 17 year old. He's going to naturally put on some more weight and just put on some some healthy muscle. And Coach Baloo and his staff they'll help him do that. So I mean I think I mean if he's listed, I don't know, what is, I think he was listed at 160 something. I'll pull it up, but I think like I said I'm not too worried about his weight. I mean I, I, after watching Devontae Smith do what he did, I think he'll be fine. Now other positions that's a different story. But wide receiver, he can kind of get away with that. Well, he can get away with it now just because how they play the game. I mean, right. they, they're untouchable. You can't even can't even freaking touch the wide receivers. I mean, you know, you can't hit them when they go across the middle. They're going to throw a flag. So a lot of defensive backs and defensive players in general are playing very timid. And therefore, now you got these quick span dudes that are running around. And the rules are stating that you can't touch them. So I think he'll be fine. We know he's going to get a lot stronger. We know he's going to get probably even faster, bigger because of the nutrition, the program there at Alabama, um, you know, the weight lifting and everything. So he's going to definitely grow. He's only just getting ready to turn. I think he's just turning 17, same yeah. age you were when you got to Alabama. So, I mean, I mean, still in puberty. I mean, so, listen, uh, these guys got a lot to, to grow. And, 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 again, I don't even think it's the athleticism. It's more about learning the game, your mind, knowing when to sit down in a zone and knowing, you know, different things understanding the quarterbacks and so it's a lot more than just on the field I think it's a lot more from a mental standpoint of learning and how to play the game that's where he has to grow he still is a young young football player so I'm not setting expectations up as y'all know I don't uh, crazy high for him and you're number one anyway uh, can he play yes will he probably be able to play some yes do I think he's going to be dominant no I still think he still has to learn how to play. 205-342-9904. Uh, let's talk to Danny in Tuscaloosa. Danny, thanks for holding. Welcome in. Danny, you there? 
really like the defense myself. Uh, and two times I've watched uh, Alabama kind of get beat up in uh, Santa Clara, California, and Pasadena, and it was based on the, the opposing team's defensive line. And a lot of time in our backfield, I, I, I just watched it this past January first. You guys, I know you've been talking defense, but could you elaborate not so much X's and O's or, or schemes, but on the personnel themselves that Alabama now have or going into the 2024 season? Could you could you help us out on knowing who they are and and, and not so much their rating, but how they're how you rate them? Uh, yeah, we can try. I mean, I'll be honest. That's a great question. That though. is. I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to lie, Danny. We kind of caught you late. Wh- what side of the ball or who are you talking about specifically? Oh, I'm sorry. The defensive line. You oh, know, the I, defensive I, I, line? I, yeah, I, well, the whole defense, but the defensive line out in uh, Santa Clara, California, uh, several years ago, I, I watched Clemson just kind of, well, they mauled us anyway. And then I watched Michigan do the same Damn, thing. Damn, you're talking about my uh, senior year. <laughs> well, yeah, but, but you know. And, and hey, I, I was on the sideline for what it's worth. No, I'm just playing. Well, no, I'm not I, playing. I, I was on the sideline. But, no, no, we I, did. No, you're right. No, they 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 got they got the best of us. I'll be honest with you, though. That wasn't a talent thing. That was a, a, a mindset thing. I mean, if you like, we had uh, Quentin Williams, Raekwon Davis, Bugs. I mean, all, I, like, it wasn't a talent thing. We had plenty of talent. We just we didn't have our head in the right place, and I I could sense it on that trip. Guys just were focused on the wrong things. We were kind of feeling ourselves, and uh, unfortunately, we didn't we did not play uh, up to our standard. But uh, I didn't mean to cut you off, though. But you know, I I get what you're saying, though. You know, it's two of those those big matchups, uh, we didn't really you know play up to our standard. But um, you're asking I about think the biggest question Danny's talking about though is he was there, he saw. What I've been saying, how important the trenches is, especially on the defensive side of the ball. When oh, yeah, back, who's absolutely. Coming back with Jaheim Otis and, you know, Tim Smith and the right. other guy that's played valuable minutes. Uh, other than that, they are devoid, I think, of experience and devoid of talent. No, not, because, no, 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 not experience. They've got plenty of experience. No, the interior line. But the edge guys, you're losing your two top. You're losing the so edge, I yes. Returns but I don't, I don't, those are outside linebackers. I don't, I don't consider them defensive linemen. Hold on, let me just finish. I think they've returned 35 to 40% of production on that side of the football. And I think it's a huge reason for to be concerned. And the fact that if you go back to what Danny is saying, and I totally agree, if you go back to those three or four years ago when we talked about Alabama has not rec- uh, recruited and signed juggernauts up front like they did on that major run of winning titles. They controlled the trenches. People would, would talk about how they changed the game. The thing that the offensive line tried to say at the SEC media days, right? It seems like yesterday. They were J.C. Latham and Tyler Booker were saying, hi, we're going to make people quit. We're going to do this, blah, blah, blah. And then they got obliterated up front. I mean, 133 out of 35, whatever in the country, in sacks. I mean, they've taken a step back on the offensive line the last four years. They've taken a step back on the defensive line the last four years. And to me, Danny, which I, I said this, I'm concerned. I mean, I think offensively, based yeah. on you know, they got you know what they do offensively and being you know juggernauts there, they got pieces. I think they're going to be okay. But we know what wins championships is that defense. Can you stop the run? Can you come up with big stops in the red zone? You know, in the fourth quarter, Alabama had Michigan fourth and two, basically to win the game. They make a huge mistake. Caleb Downs don't cover the flat guy. I mean. The last four years, if you if we're honest, Alabama defensively and especially up front 
defensive line, while I even would say linebacker too, have taken a major step back from what they were those 14, 15, 16, 17, you know, 18 years, uh, maybe 19. I mean, they just, they were dominant. And every year they had two, three guys that you, oh, they're going to be first round picks. They haven't had those dudes. Right. So, not in the last your, four, maybe four no, or five years, they haven't been that way. Nah, and that's why I tell people, I'm not sitting here going to sit and say they're going to win nine, 10, or 11 games. I think nine is a number average. But I'm like, defensively, we don't know what they got. And then you lose the two corners that's going to be first round, second round, probably. At the, you know, you, you lose those guys. You lose the best freshman in America, Caleb Downs, in the second there. I mean, you only got Malachi Moore coming back. You got linebackers. Uh, you know, that are okay, middle backers. They're not great linebackers. Campbell and, uh, who am I, that's a miss, 32. Deontay they Lawson. O- Lawson, they He's okay, a heck of a football player, man. They're not great. They didn't play great. He so did have point, some, I, don't, I disagree on that, but. Well, Danny, I, I think you're right. There's my breakdown. I think we got some problems, and I think it's going to be imperative that they find some dudes in the transfer portal on the defensive side of the ball that so whatever um, so the personnel, right? The, the 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 defensive line now that we have now that currently at the, you know on campus, uh, are they? I mean, I don't I don't guess I know who they are. Could y'all maybe talk about them a little bit and let's let's you know get yes. to know them a little bit more? If, you know, when on maybe on another show or something, I don't know. No, no. How about I've heard the, a lot about offense? Yeah. How about this? What we'll do is because we got to hit a break, Danny. When we come back from this break. We'll dive into kind of more uh, of these players specifically and kind of, you know, our thoughts on them as football players, how they fit in and what to expect from them. We might have got a little too ahead of you going over all the scheme stuff, the X and O. So we'll, we'll take a step back and just talk about them uh, for now. And we'll do that as soon as we come back from this break. So, Danny, we appreciate it. And we'll get make sure you uh, get your answer, your, your questions answered as soon as we get back. But you're listening to the Miller's Edge right here on Tide 100.9, 1230 AM WTBC. Be right back. Deal or text deal to 511-511. Text deal to 511-511. All pets are unique. Your pets' results can and will vary. Message and data rates may apply. Studies available upon request. This is Miller's Edge on Tide 100.9. And welcome back to Miller's Edge here on a Wednesday. Danny in Tuscaloosa had a really, really good question, uh, and I'll let Christian deal with most of it. I was just looking at uh, kind of a early depth chart, spring chart, if you will, just guys that we know that are back right now. Uh, defensively, don't look good at all. I mean, at all. And then, and there's so many blanks in the depth chart, that position, some even on the starters, that safety especially. We don't know who they are. Um, and then you, and the other big problem, Christian, is the fact that the lack of depth. So when we talk about these guys leaving, they did get hit hard, especially in the depth department on the defensive side. So uh, you can talk to tell them about the guys we know that you know, especially at the edge that's going to be stepping up, especially guys coming back at the the nose and the two defensive end spots, um, two linebackers we know. But other than that, there's so many empty spaces on who's going to fill those voids. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't know. I think that's a little bit of a stretch. I, I don't look at it and think it's like the worst thing I've ever seen. I mean, you've got your starting, you know, both starting linebackers coming back. That's huge. Like, those, that's the head of your defense. Those, those are your leaders. You got both those guys returning. 
But then your defensive line, I mean, you're starting tackles, nose, all those guys are back. Even the, the backups. The only guy you lost was Justin Aboigbeam, right? I mean, so Tim Keenan. Yeah, but, but let's just be honest. How good were, were those guys? Not that good. I think they're solid they're football back, players. They, they were they Quentin Williams productive. or Raekwon Davis or, or, you know, Jonathan Allen's? No. But Tim Keenan played some good football, right? Tim Smith played some good football, especially as the season progressed, right? Jaheim Otis is a guy who looked outstanding as a freshman. He looked like he could have, you know, uh, been on the trajectory of, of having a, a, a career like, you know, one of those notable defensive linemen, Deron Payne, those guys. He, as a freshman, I said, right? As a freshman, he looked like he was going to be one of those players. I remember watching him. And saying, dang, that, that dude's a beast, man. He's only a yeah. freshman. He transformed his body, but he's been bad on some injuries and he just he hadn't really he didn't he hasn't had that that growth that we probably, you know, envisioned when we first saw him. That being said though, I mean you still got solid football players, right? Like I'm not too concerned in that department because they've got like again, I, you mentioned like experience. You were talking about the edge guys. I don't the defensive line, I don't count the edge guys in that because we're separate. But when I look at this, I mean Tim Keenan, Tim Smith, Jaheim Otis, right? All those guys were starters and played valuable minutes, right? Damon okay, Payne stepped in. He, I, I, he played some some snaps last year. James Smith was that freshman out of Carver. They started playing him as the season went on. He was a, a heavily recruited guy, has a really good motor for a, a 300-plus pounder, right? I'm, I'm interested to see how he grows uh, with his new staff and, and his development, right? Um, and then... The edge position, you lose all that production, you know, that, that that sure production out of Dallas Turner, Chris Braswell, right? I mean, you knew what you were getting out of those guys. But to me, I mean, you, you've you got – it's like you got a, a pool full of, of young talent. It's just going to be imperative that this coaching staff gets the talent out of these players, right? I mean, I, I genuinely believe, like – I think what happens is sometimes you get caught up just looking at these lists and it's like, oh, well, it doesn't look this way. But you got to remember, there's going to be guys that, that step up that you didn't expect. Let me give you an example. Last season going into the year, people weren't necessarily really talking about Terry on Arnold. They were, right, saying, oh, we expect him to, to start on the opposite side of Kool-Aid. But they weren't talking about him outplaying Kool-Aid or, or leading the team or SEC in interceptions and putting his name in first-round conversation. If somebody was, I mean, send it to me. I didn't really hear that much about it. I, I, I People knew. Well, ding, 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 ding. Go back and listen to the shows and the pre not No, no, no. That don't count. I'm talking about like back all the way back in no. I'm talking about all the way back in the spring. That don't count. That was in fall camp. I'm saying all the way back in the spring. People weren't just saying like, oh, he's going to be a, we got a future first rounder. So what I'm saying is people are going to step up. But to answer Danny's question, personnel wise, that's the tackles and the nose that you have, they're experienced players. I don't. They're just realistically, they're not on the level as uh, Deron Payne or Jonathan Allen, but they've got experience, and you got to feel good about having that group. Linebackers, I just talked about those guys. They've got experience. I'm curious to see how they play in this defense uh, that's going to be very aggressive, have them moving around, reading the quarterback. They're not going to have to think as much. That's why, if anything, one thing you should actually like about this new defense is you always complain about Coach Saban's de defense being too complex, you know, being too difficult for guys to understand and learn. It kind of removes their ability to just play fast. Well, with this defense, I mean, they only have so many coverages they run, and it's really just reading and reacting off of the quarterback. It's a zone defense that reads and reacts off the quarterback. So it's really about making plays, being a, a football player. 
So I'm curious to see how those guys perform. But really, Danny, I guess the last part would be the secondary, and we talked about that. But again, Malachi Moore is really your only experienced guy. You got uh, Devontae Smith, the safety, not the receiver, the safety. Uh, he's there. I think he's a heck of a football player. He's another guy that I feel like people know of him, but but because he missed time majority of the season last year with his foot injury, you know, people kind of forgot about him. But again, he was a starter. He started over Jalen Key before he got hurt. He was the starting. Jalen Key was boo-boo. Okay, well, he was starting over Jalen Key before he got hurt in training camp. Then he hurt his foot. Jalen Key took over. But then again, if you go back and watch, whoever we played, it was one of the last games, a smaller school. Uh, but Devontae Smith got some playing time, and he was all over the field making plays. So I think he's going to have a good year. So to me, him and Malachi, those are two solid pieces in the back end. The corner spot is what I'm worried about, especially with cover three. I mean, guys are going to have a lot of responsibility on their hands to covering the third and then run responsibility. So that's the, the spot. Damani Jackson, I think he had an okay year at Southern Cal, uh, but he was a former five-star prospect for what that's worth. And then, really, you've got outside linebacker and cornerback. You've got a plethora of young football players who you just don't know what you're getting from. You, you, know, you don't really know what you're going to get out of them. A lot of them were highly recruited guys. They obviously have some talent, but it's going to be critical to, for this coaching staff to get that talent out of them and to develop these players. You've got players. They're just inexperienced. They're young, and they need to be developed. If, these co- if this coaching staff can get these guys to play, to, to, to their full potential and, and really grow up fast, I think we'll be solid. Now, do I think we're going to take a step back on defense? I'm just going to be honest with you, I do. I mean, you've got a whole new defense. You've got a lot of youth on the defense. I, I think you're going to go through growing pains. I'm just, I'm just being honest with you. I think there's going to be growing pains early on. Now, could they start establishing themselves? Sure, right? But I, I just think when you combine youth inexperience at some key spots and then also a whole new staff whole new system i mean you got to think a lot of the guys even the veterans their whole career they've been learning coach saban's system i don't think people consider this i know it's an easier system but they're going to have to literally train like retrain themselves techniques different i'll give you an example like when i was with carolina the way we played defense with ron rivera was a three four defense we played it one way and then when coach matt rule got there we played it completely different and not to mention, when I came from Alabama, the way we played defense, we did, you know, we shot hands and hips, right? Say I'm playing a six technique. I was t- I was taught to just straight hands and hips, strike and control my guy. Well, at Carolina, they wanted me to, it was a penetrating defense. They wanted me just, you know, going through the, the, the V of the neck of the tight end like I'm pass rushing on first and second down. Now I'm like, what the hell is that? I'm like, oh, that that's that's foreign to me. And I, 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 and it took me a while to understand that because I was, I, for five years, I did it one way. And now you're asking me to do something totally different. You literally have to retrain yourself uh, to, to, to play in a different technique. So that's something to look at too. So that, that's what spring's going to be good for, that and fall camp, to get these guys adjusted to this new scheme. Because I'm telling you, when you go from one thing to another, there's going to be growing pains. There's going to be a transition period. Now, I think it can benefit these players a lot because they're not going to have to think as much. They can just fly around. But it's going to take them time to get adjusted, without a doubt. Yeah, I mean, that's give me the V of the neck coming across. That's where you're supposed to play attack, attack, attack. As Bama man says, Willie, what's his name? Bama Willie. Roll Tide Willie. Roll Tide Willie. Blitz, Bama Blitz. We don't give a (laughs) P. 
That's what I'm talking about. Attack, attack, attack. Well, Chiropractic, the only third-generation chiropractor with over 26 years' experience in Tuscaloosa. Call Tidwell Chiropractic at 752-2503. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A very nice afternoon with a sunny sky, the high 67. Tonight, fair with the low at 40. Tomorrow, partially sunny, the high 62. And Friday, mostly cloudy, a chance of showers by afternoon, the high at 66. I'm James Spain on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 64 degrees in Tuscaloosa. This is Miller's Edge on Tide 100.9. Just be some flowers. Just be some things and flowers. Final segment of the show here on a Wednesday. Hope you have enjoyed yourselves. We have for sure. Uh, talking a lot of good football, a lot of meathead ball. Love to get some of that as we talk about some little bit about Exodos and, and about some of the things the players are doing. I think it's good for the fan base to hear. Um, don't forget tonight, big game. I hope you settled in. If you're not going to the basketball game, Nate Oates and the basketball team travels down to Auburn. That game is at 6 uh, Central time, I believe, 7 Eastern. Uh, so should be a good one. Um, Neville Coliseum Arena, whatever you want to call it. Uh, will be packed. They're going to be loud. They're going to be crazy. Uh, it's going to be a tough game for the Tide uh, to pull off. Auburn has won 14 in a row uh, at home, so they are tough at home. Uh, but Bama, they don't so six and three. I think his record since he's uh, been here with the Crimson Tide. Uh, look at the pool. I don't want to call it an upset, but it would be an upset to beat Auburn at home, who is ranked in front of the Tide. And that would be it should be a quad one win, I believe. I think I'm right in saying that. So that that's on tonight. Super Bowl this week. I haven't talked a lot about that. We'll get to more tomorrow and Friday for sure. Talk score predictions. Talk about keys to the game. So we'll get into some some NFL talk on tomorrow. Of course, we got Stephen M. The M is for Miller. Smith will join us. Uh, we'll talk uh, Alabama football with him on the show on tomorrow. So we've got a lot to, to do this week. And uh, we'll keep an eye on the coaching staff in that situation. Who will be allocated and to do what? Right now they have 11. You can only have 10 on the field coaches. So we'll see who's going to be the odd man out uh, there. Final thoughts, Christian? Yeah, no, I, I think pretty much hit everything. Um, who do you have in, in the Super Bowl? I know we had not talked about it. I'm going to dive into that as we get closer. But, I mean, I know you're a Mahomes guy. but I know, and, and let's take Taylor Swift out of it because I know you're a little, you know, biased. You don't want to see Taylor Swift. But just from a X's and O's, you know, football game, it would be who good do, if they got plane don't crank up and they just. Oh, know. whoa! I mean, don't wish no. Oh, you're saying just it never leaves the the. Okay, okay. Right. Oh, I was about, about to say, up. whoa, whoa! <laughs> I thought you. You're saying she just stays stuck in Japan for, I'm just saying the plane for a day don't or crank. two. The plane don't crank. They can't go nowhere. Okay, I got you. I got you. Well, are, they can crank up enough time for the Super Bowl. And, I, and I'm curious yeah. what our chat thinks, too, who they have winning in the Super Bowl. Because, again, we well, are live I got, on I YouTube. I got Patrick Mahomes. I mean, the I, I mean, I love CMC. I see his, his uh, dad, my former New York Giant teammate, Ed, is going to be up on my station. I do uh, Charlotte Radio once a week. Um, he's on the he's on Cal Bailey show today, so might tune in and listen to see what he has to say. Uh, I love to see him win the championship. I love yeah. the Brock Purdy story. I love what he stands for. As a, I believe as a Christian. So you're not a Brock Purdy hater, because no, I, I love you, you've, Brock Purdy. You've seen that, right? There's a lot of people that like Cam Newton that that call him a game manager. No, I agree they, with they Cam don't. Newton. Oh, I agree with him. I'm not a hater though. 
I still think he is a game manager, but he's a really daggum good one. But he makes plays now. I mean, no, look, no, he, he showed his leg. He showed his athletic ability too. with his legs, too. No, no, he makes plays, too. But I don't think he is a he's like not a game MVP changer. Guy you you like wouldn't call him like, people. like Mahomes. No. So I think Cam is right in that. Respect the man's opinion. But, you know. But Do you think he's Brady, hating it all? I feel like some of it. call it hate because he's not on the roster. He should be on the roster. We know the politics that goes with all this stuff. Come wait, hold Colin on. Colin Kaepernick, Whoa, Cam wait, Newton. Wait, 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 they, wait. They, they, they're better than half the quarterbacks that's on rosters right now. Let's whoa, just be honest. Whoa, 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 whoa. Absolutely. They're better than, than probably a lot they're of backups. Than half not, the not, it's not starters, though. I'm talking about, no, I'm talking about just, just in general. They should be a backup quarterback. But he doesn't want to be a backup quarterback, does he? Or did he change his mind? Initially, I thought I he said know. he didn't want but, to, but, but he I might. Cam's not playing not because he wasn't good enough. That's crazy. I don't so. know. Dang, did you just get a spanking? <laughs> I was trying to get the dog in the boom <laughs> Real quick before we get out of here, tonight's a big matchup, Alabama-Auburn. If you haven't already, you need to go to an alumni hall and get your gear for the big matchup or for any matchup for that matter i think baseball is coming up too so head on over to alumni hall get you a nice alabama hoodie get you alabama t-shirt hat all that good stuff right there at alumni hall they've got the officially licensed alabama gear the latest and greatest products for all you alabama fans out there if you're local head on over to midtown village alumni hall that is in tuscaloosa or you can always go to alumnihall.com with the ultimate crimson tide fans shop i'm not right 10 seconds, I'm going like 1, 2, 10. All right, guys. <laughs> Ron Fowler, get in the game. It's coming up next. I say it's called the game. It's coming up next. Y'all have a great rest of your day. Stephen M. Smith, I guess, tomorrow. Be well. <laughs>